0: The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt Nine News are
1: those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics. Oh yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Tuesday, November seventeenth, and today is International Merlot Day. It's also nat- yeah, yeah, and it's also Shut National up. Retinol Day, International Day of Medical Psychics, National Canine Lymphoma Day, National Bittersweet Chocolate. I'm not sure what kind of chocolate that is, but okay.
2: It's
1: bittersweet. Oh, excuse me. It's bittersweet chocolate with almonds day. Excuse me. Pardon me. I can't leave out all the nuts in the world. And it is also, that's right, you guys, it is election day. We got big votes going on in Ohio and Michigan today and other places. And thank you all for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code somewhere up there in the screen. And to find where we live on the internet, we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, and Facebook. And so welcome to anyone joining us from any of those platforms. And we are going to kick it off with the Dope Dad himself. That's right, it's Rico Lemite. He is the Northwestern Specialist, famous, famous debater. And on top of it, he was also a football player. That's right, it is the Dope Dad himself. It is none other than Mr. Rico Lemite. The crowd goes wild. Yeah, it's just like football. College days, right, Rico?
2: The dopest dad. Yes. <laughs>
3: just like college days. Just like college days, man. Catch me, catch me on News Nation talking yes. about the college days. Oh, yeah. But uh, speaking of mainstream news sources, another year, this is one from CNN and a multitude of others. Another year passes and we have yet another warning from the American Heart Association about cannabis causing heart issues. Are they being um, really real this time? The reason I ask is because the uh, dramatic release comes in tandem with a massive uh, promotional push for AHA's Scientific Sessions 2023 Symposium uh, beginning this Friday in Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure it was Curtis 50 Cent Jackson who perfected the formula of dropping diss tracks about rivals on mixtapes to build buzz for upcoming albums. But I digress. Here's what's going on. Yesterday, the um, the American Heart Association released two studies that point to evidence suggesting that cannabis consumption could lead to increased rate of heart attacks, heart failure, and strokes. Since yesterday's release, the stories hit mainstream, mockingbird media, Chirons everywhere. Bloomberg, CNN, Fox News, People Magazine, The Hill, Men's Journal, you name them, chances are they put out a story out. They put out this story like it's law. Should we all be concerned? Let's see what they're saying. Older adults who don't smoke tobacco but do use cannabis were at higher risk of both heart attack and stroke when hospitalized, while people who use cannabis daily were 34% more likely to develop heart failure. The AHA recommends people refrain from smoking or vaping any substance, including cannabis products, because of the potential harm to the heart, lungs, and blood vessels. While highlighting chronic conditions and weed, the release says that Older adults often develop a number of chronic conditions by age 65, which appear to make the impact of marijuana worse, according to one of the studies that examined hospital records for adults over 65 with cannabis use disorder who did not smoke tobacco. The new data comes in accordance with uh, to new. Uh, to two new non-published studies presented Monday morning. The first study's research found that 8,535 adults who abused weed had a 20% higher risk of having a major heart attack or brain event when hospitalized compared to over 10 million older hospitalized adults who did not use marijuana. Both abusers and uh, non-users abusers and non-users. You see the wording of this. They're saying if you use, you are an abuser, but if you are a non-user, you're just normal. Anyways, keep going. Uh, already been diagnosed with high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, or high cholesterol. They also found that having high blood pressure readings over 130 over 80 and high cholesterol were key predictors of major adverse heart and brain events in marijuana users. The second study presented follow uh, of- Presented followed nearly 160,000 adults with median age of 54 for about four years to see if use of cannabis would impact their risk of developing heart failure. At the end of the study, researchers found that people who reported daily cannabis use had 34 percent increased risk of developing heart failure compared to those reported never using it. Age, sex and sex at birth and uh, smoking history did not appear to impact the risk and study researchers did not know if the marijuana was smoked or eaten, end quote. Um, Both studies present pretty interesting information and definitely worth the read, whether you believe the numbers or not. Um, It's important to state that correlation is not causation, and I would be remiss to not mention that with the Heart Association, we do, in fact, have an unreliable narrator. Every year before the symposium for at least the last or at least the uh, last three years since I've been watching them and uh, uh, and delivering the news, uh, they drop unreleased news for developments of this same study. I'm not saying that it's bullshit. However, I do always check my sources and when it comes to studies, whoever's funding these studies. I was shocked to see back in 2020 that AHA's Heart Healthy Recipe page that the recipe of the day was for beef stew. Not only does red meat have direct links to multitude of heart issues, but digging deeper led me to find that AHA is based in Dallas, Texas, Big Beef Country. And surprise, surprise, the Big Beef Lobby that year sat at the top of their corporate funding sources. Uh, fast forward to August 2022, Animal Outlook filed a lawsuit against AHA over its use of heart check labels on certain meat products alleging it had been taking payment for meat, from meat companies for its heart-healthy certifications, contradicting their own research, claiming that, quote, iron meat intake is associated with atherosclerotic uh, cardiovascular disease, ASCVD. And uh, the case was dismissed but forced AHA to revise its heart-healthy recommendations processes. Uh, the morning I, This morning, I checked AHA's heart-check certified recipe page and was pleasantly surprised that the beef recipes were no longer prominently placed at the top of the page they are at the bottom. There's still an outsized number of National Cattlemen's Beef Associated uh, association re- uh, certified recipes compared to the non-meat offerings. AHA's latest financial release revealed majority of their corporate funding comes from big pharma, big meat, and big tech, all chipping in millions of dollars each. I was happy to see that Jazz Pharmaceuticals was on that list too, but they dropped just 50,000. I guess we still got a long way to go before these hyped up studies that are all over the news begin to favor what we deem to be science too. Follow the money, y'all. I'm Rico Lame, the dopest dad on the street reporting for High at Nine News. What do you guys think of this? American Heart Association.
2: Again, um... My concern is they didn't ask people whether or not it was smoked or ate. They don't know. Well, are they are these peop- individuals getting their product from a legal state? Are they smoking it in tobacco, in bleached paper, in flavored paper, in hemp wraps, whatever? Um, so many factors to factor in. And then they they made it a point. They made a point to mention that after hospitalization. So they are correlating that this heart disease or the heart attacks or the stroke came after hospitalization. Um, and we know how many diseases are floating around in hospitals and how much bacteria is floating around in hospitals to um, have other side effects to whatever disease you may have or what for whatever reason you came in. And so I'm just concerned. Um, obviously, I love quoting you, Rico, follow the money, who's paying for this research, um the fact that they would have any type of meat especially red meat um on the american heart association's um menu list um is disturbing um and so uh, it's just interesting to when i hear this research come out and and all of the claims and the numbers and the to to shock people and scare people um it really does um it just blows my mind each and every time i wish we had dr any doctor up here to kind of tell us and explain to us um, some of these numbers that are in here. But the a third of the people that they tested after four years, that they don't know whether or not they smoked it or ate it. They don't know where they were getting from. They yeah. don't know what they smoked it in. Um, but a third of them had potential higher potential for a stroke or heart attack. It's just interesting. Yeah,
4: I think that uh, the report, it says unpublished. It's an unpublished report. That means it hasn't been reviewed by peers. It hasn't been... Yeah. Looked right. out by experts and doctors who have approved this. Uh, this also, so um, I, like- I think it's bullshit. And and you're right, Nicole. How are they smoking it? Because mm-hmm. a bleached white paper is much different than a hemp paper. And, uh, and it, 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 I mean, this, even this, even a blunt. This
3: textbook rapper, this textbook rapper shit. You got an album that's about to, that's about to drop. You get on every mixtape. You talk shit about all your rivals. Mm-hmm. Build <laughs> right. up a buzz. They have that huge symposium coming up this weekend, and they have so many other talk tracks that they could have talked about, but they're talking about the hottest issue right now: marijuana is associated with cardiovascular disease.
1: That just sounds oh, ridiculous okay. to me. It's Genetics and, you and know diet. What? I think I think controls. the only I think the only association that cannabis has in regards with cardiovascular disease is the fact of back in the days under prohibition that people's heart races would race so fast when law enforcement would get behind them that that was pretty much the only situation of cardiovascular like disorder you, like with you can, cannabis. Like if
3: you like close your eyes, you can hear your heart beating. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know,
1: when your butt cheeks get tight, all of a sudden you're riding in a car that's what well, happens you
2: that? know, <laughs> um and fentanyl and those other very dangerous drugs is that cannabis won't stop your heart um it won't stop you from breathing um it won't cause your blood vessels to enlarge and bust like this is we know that it doesn't do that um but all this other stuff just sounds like fluff to me i,
1: I wonder if project sam had anything to do with this study at all if they put some money into this rico
3: they'll probably be reposting
2: it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so they'll for sure be reposting it. This this paints right into their narrative.
4: Oh, well, as an old guy, you know, they're talking the
2: biggest supporter is the beef industry. Where oh, yeah. right. in is the beef? Where
4: is the beef in this story? Where is
3: the beef. Well, oh, as an old guy is located in Dallas, Texas, just remember that. Mm-hmm.
4: It's a area. an old guy who smokes weed and who and uh and cigars. This article was uh, yeah, and cigars but not cigarettes. Um, you know, I, I care of my heart, right? Because my parents, uh, uh, my dad had several heart attacks. He ended up dying of a stroke, uh, over time. Um, but so I, I care for my heart and I go and I get checked and I see a specialist and the only medication I take is weed. I right? usually rolled in a hemp paper it's the only medication, no blood pressure, no heart medication. And they never put recently, you on I'm nitro, happy to report. Huh? They never put oh, you on nitro, no. huh? look oh. at that. Um, I eat healthy and I smoke weed and that's what I attribute to my health. I just got a, a, a very clean bill of health uh, just uh, weeks ago. Um, I got a full workup and have the heart of a 30 year old. I'm proud to report. Is
1: that, is that what they did? They put um, that on paper.
4: Oh, no, <laughs> they did not.
1: <laughs> did not. Look at that a heart of a thirty-year-old.
3: Look at that. Look, look at
1: that, Todd. You should might as well be a relay racer now. Did, 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 yeah, I don't that, think so.
3: Does that mean? Does that mean you're ready to fall in love once again, Todd? Um, uh, all over
4: again. I'm ready right now today. Yeah. If, uh, right. if I could just get some of that product from uh some uh someone yeah uh, oh, i'll some learn of that hello how to say again. hello to women again yeah. yes <laughs> right. some of that hello again it's been a minute right yes you know how to say, you know how to say hello
3: to women nowadays you gotta swipe right brother mm-hmm. swipe
1: right and just and just so everyone knows at our next event we will be auctioning off todd on our dating block
4: for charity <laughs> ah. <laughs> yes wife won't care if you get a lot of money for it yeah that's right <laughs> that's right she's a great sport yes is.
0: she is a great sport
1: you got any thoughts on this Simon? all your medical knowledge.
0: No, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but uh, everyone's bought and paid for these days, especially uh, these scientific uh, papers and studies. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going to, going to get somebody to lean one way or the other, because most of the time the, uh, the data is inconclusive. And so this is something that we can just draw opinions on for most part. I mean, until there's more knowledge and more experimentation and more Publications oh. of of those experiments. I mean, we still have you know most of the country thinking it's it's okay and safe to consume Delta eight products from mm-hmm. CBDs. So, you know, it, it, I also it, think it's
4: safe to consume McDonald's cheeseburgers. I mean, uh, yeah, mass. we're
0: giving away like free <laughs> yeah free McDonald's for uh, for supporting like health you know related causes. Like, uh, what do you mean like- they, they, oh. they they sell salads
4: now? Oh,
0: I, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, like
3: the salad. <laughs> That's the way. big
4: seller at McDonald's. Yes. Well, you
3: know, you, you know, like I was looking in. I was looking into the funding sources of some of these biggest uh, uh, quote-unquote associations that are the most publicly televised. And uh, Susan G. Komen
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, um, for breast cancer research, mm-hmm. their their biggest corporate sponsor is KFC. <laughs>
1: That's interesting. Well, no, no, no. they they can no they had to change. Because they their caused name. so much of it. No, 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 right. no, no, no. They had to change their name to KFC because they are not classified as chicken anymore. Because yeah. chicken yeah. chicken oh, yeah, only yeah, have yeah, two yeah, two yeah, wings and great. two legs, not yeah. no eight and four.
3: <laughs> no breasts.
1: Yes. But nonetheless, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. We're going to go to a commercial we're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures and with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated.
4: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> when not auctioning off married men, <laughs> you can find them <laughs> smoking on the best weed in the world.
1: I believe in <laughs> Inclusion.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's also the highest republican in the room whatever room that he walks into y'all know who it is jason
1: oh Woo! yeah Woo! that's right good morning rico thank you thank you so much hope everyone is having a fantastic day it's taco tuesday everybody so make sure you support your local taco stand somewhere wherever you are but i'll tell you what Like I said earlier, it is Election Day, and Michigan dispensaries wait and watch as Ohio votes on adult-use cannabis, and here's why. Ohio voters will decide on Tuesday whether to approve a proposed law to legalize adult-use cannabis, which would allow people 21 and older to buy, possess, and grow adult-use marijuana. Proponents say it will bring in tax dollars that Ohio residents are currently sending to Michigan. But Michigan dispensary owners are some of the biggest opponents of the proposal the spokesperson for the group behind the effort to legalize adult use marijuana in Ohio has said that's because it's widely acknowledged that Ohio residents cross state lines to buy marijuana in Michigan and if it becomes available in Ohio that could mean fewer customers for Michigan dispensaries leading to an oversupply of marijuana that could drive prices even lower than what they've fallen to in the last few years there are a slew of dispensaries near the Ohio border, Monroe, Michigan, about thirty minute drive from Ohio's fourth largest city by population, Toledo, has more than a dozen dispensaries, Morency, Michigan, which uh, shares its southern border with Ohio and has a population of about two thousand, has five adult use cannabis dispensaries, and Michigan's dispensaries even advertise their proximity to Ohio on their website and signs displayed at their stores. Green Labs uh, Provisions website, a medical and adult-use dispensary in Luna Pier, south of Monroe, describes itself as only 15 minutes from downtown Toledo on its website. That's a big reason why the company chose to open a dispensary in Luna Pier, said Sean Lydon, president of Green Labs Provisions. Lydon says that he... And some of the owners of the company are from the Toledo area. In a quote, he says, we're already Ohio people, he said. We love the fact that we have so many great Ohio customers and (laughs) that they already know and love our brand and will continue to stay loyal to us, hopefully, he says. Lyndon estimates more than half of the dispensary's customers are from Ohio and are both medical marijuana patients and adult-use shoppers. Ohio legalized medical marijuana back in 2016, and Lyndon said he's not particularly worried about what happens Tuesday because, in quotes, we feel that our level of quality in our established customer base is going to remain loyal to us even if some stores pop up across the border. While it's legal for an out-of-state visitor to buy adult-use cannabis in Michigan, it is illegal for them to drive the products to to states where adult-use cannabis isn't legalized. However, there's no way for stores to verify where customers are traveling after they make a purchase. Not all cannabis company executives are as optimistic about what happens to Michigan's cannabis industry. If Ohio and other Midwest states legalize adult use cannabis, Dave Morrow, founder and CEO of Lumi Cannabis Co., one of the biggest cannabis companies in Michigan, describes the scenario as a, in quotes, gigantic shoe to fall. Morrow said in an interview with the Detroit Free Press earlier this year that he estimates about one-third of the cannabis sold in Michigan is leaving the state. Lumi has dispensaries in Adrian, Monroe, and Petersburg, all Michigan cities near the Ohio border and in locations that border other states. In Ohio, he said, Uh, Prices for medical marijuana are higher compared with prices for adult-use cannabis in Michigan, and Indiana hasn't legalized marijuana for medical or adult-use purposes, and Illinois has prices are also higher compared with prices in Michigan, Morrow said. Marijuana prices have declined drastically in Michigan compared to what prices were during the adult use industry's early days in 2020. The average retail price for an ounce of adult use cannabis flour was 114 cents in September, according to data from Michigan's Cannabis Regulatory Agency, compared with $393.66 in September of 2020, a 75% decrease. Lyndon said he hears from Ohio medical marijuana patients. That prices have dropped so much in Michigan that it doesn't even make sense for them to pay the fees to keep and renew their medical marijuana cards. What that means, though, according to Morrow, is that Michigan is effectively setting the price for the rest of the Midwest. In a quote, if you're in northern Ohio, all your customers are already used to paying that market price, he said. You're not going to be able to charge them $6,000 a pound if you go ahead and put it put it out at that price. Everyone's going to say, yeah, right, I'm going to keep driving to Michigan. If Ohio legalizes uh, adult-use marijuana, along with other border states like Indiana and Wisconsin, it will immediately create a massive oversupply issue in Michigan, Morrow said. However, even if Ohio does legalize adult-use marijuana, and prices are comparable to Michigan's. It will likely be at least a year before dispensaries start to open Ohio, said Scott Johnson, a member of the law firm Eastman & Smith, which is based out of Toledo, Ohio. That's because it needs to go to the Ohio State Legislature where adjustments can be made because it's an initiated statute, not a constitutional amendment. The legislature will have to pass rules and regulations and essentially put them in into place, Johnson said. He anticipates that if the measure passes, the state would handle the adult-use marijuana industry similar to what it has done with medical, marijuana, and liquor, where prospective licensees must first be qualified to receive a license and then they are entered into a lottery to receive a capped number of licenses. The market research from BD- BDSA predicts that if Ohio voters legalize adult use marijuana, sales will start in 2025, and by 2027, the state will see 1.3 billion in marijuana sales. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, in Michigan, it's forecast to bring in 3.7 billion dollars in adult use sales in 2027, and BDSA said that more than double Ohio's predicted sales. That's up from $2.8 billion in sales expected this year. Well, well, well. Big, big day for all these voters out there. And I'll tell you this. If you are in Ohio, I hope you vote yes on this issue. I believe it's issue number two. And this is Jason Beck for the High at 9 News. What do y'all think about this?
4: I think it's hysterical that they're promoting yeah. a straight, uh, or cross-state lines, commerce. <laughs> You right? know what I mean? I, we don't need it here. We have it in the next state over. You can't really go buy it and bring it home, but that's what we're promoting. It's so stupid.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm surprised that they're putting those kinds of things on their website. I would think that 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 could uh that could bring some other types of uh jurisdictional problems. Time heat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big like time like you're clearly heat. marketing to to interstate commerce in clear direction of of federal law even though they are selling weed which is against federal law at the same time too, but you know. It's it's
4: amazing. Mhm that's not the focus of the story right yeah, it was, it's ohio
3: i mean it's, it's ohio um i think michigan has plenty of time to adjust uh, stores aren't even going to open probably until 2025 and they're probably gonna be a clusterfuck like everybody else has been too um yeah, another thing to, to realize is that's two years out we might have federal legalization before then mm-hmm. and um Michigan is Michigan is king of the Midwest right now.
1: Well, and, Michigan has always that, been the the gateway to the East Coast as far as cannabis sales are, oh, yeah. are concerned, and, yeah, and
3: the, especially the, how Illinois is dropping has, has just completely dropped the ball. Um, I, I find it very naive. I find it, I find it very
1: naive of this store owner who thinks that his customer base is going to stay with him from Ohio and is going to travel 3 half an hour an hour just to buy weed from them when they could just travel probably 15 20 minutes to a store in their state and buy it.
3: Yeah, uh, Michigan already has an oversupply. Um they have uh, dispensaries giving away what was it uh, the, the big one the big giveaway that I saw at the beginning of the year like um you get a lifetime of weed mm-hmm. <laughs> raffle for like one of one of these dispensaries. So I mean it's already over, you know, uh, overpopulated with dispensaries and, uh, um, and access. So, I mean, I think it's good for the market. It'll, it'll be good competition because uh, well, Ohio and Michigan already has a huge competition from football and absolutely everything else. Uh, but um, Indiana is still not open. Um, what are the other surroundings? Like Pennsylvania still yep. figuring, uh, figuring things out. So, I mean, I think Michigan will be fine in the long run. They'll figure things out, and um, you know, capitalism is going to do what capitalism does. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, currently, um, it is true that uh, um, uh, the medical prices are more expensive in Ohio than adult use in uh, in Michigan. If they keep their prices lower than Ohio, they'll con- they'll continue creating incentive for people to cross that border and get cheaper weed uh, in the state over. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, and they're I mean, creating a just a mass hysteria, economic hysteria. Like, oh, Ohio's gonna come and take all our shit. Like, dude, figure it out. This is this is what capitalism is about. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. and just like every other state that went from a medical state to an adult use state, which has been every adult use state in this country so far, um, the medical program gets left behind. Why would a patient pay for a medical card if they're not getting the benefits? Um, you know, exactly, I don't know, what kind of system they're doing over there. But in Nevada, we just passed legislation six years later after adult use to allow dispensaries to have both a medical and an adult use license instead of paying two licensing fees. And so, and we had to get that done through legislation and it took a while because Mm -hmm. the legislators meet every other year here in Nevada. Um, And so, yeah, you were losing, the patients weren't being cared for. They, They were losing dispensaries that they could go to and actually get their benefits. And so, of course- that's the, the real sad part is how the medical program gets left behind every single time that this happens. I love to see adult use, of course, come become legal and, and give more access to people that need the medicine. But at the same time, we don't need to be reducing the amount of THC that patients have access to or reducing the amount of dispensaries that they have access to and, and the benefits of being a patient. We can't forget our patients. I'll, t-
1: I'll tell you what. I if mean, these – if- if- if these retailers in, in, in Michigan are really concerned about Ohio coming in and eating their lunch, you know what they need to be lobbying for? They need to be lobbying for higher purchase limits because that would ensure that people would travel to Michigan to be able to stock up on cannabis in Michigan and then bring it back to Ohio. That, that would make the most sense. If I was, if I was in Michigan and I had a business in Michigan, I would be encouraging the state to raise the purchasing limits because then that way they could come and come across and it would make sense like i have cousins on the east coast and they you know they they live in vermont and so they'll go and buy buy alcohol if they need a bottle of alcohol in vermont but when they really like go to like stock up on their liquor they drive into new hampshire because the prices are so much cheaper and i just see this but then the the perception you know
4: perception of having you know an unlimited purchase amount is oh you're going to go buy it and sell it in your area right because we there's no dispensaries there
1: yeah 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 but if the market if the market's already set you have a lot less customers that that, that you're going to be able to sell it to todd i mean if if, if the market is already already super low there's not going to be a lot of high profit margin it's the same reason why trappers don't sit around and have cows at their house because it's not doesn't make sense for them to sell milk on the corner
4: I get that but but the the problem with passing the uh, uh, you know that limit that unlimited limit <laughs> right it is uh you know the everybody comes out save the kids and it's going to be in my neighborhood now because this guy's going to take a pound and break it up and resell it to the neighborhood
0: it's really it's really just like recreational cannabis has just been like a dinner bell call for, for all these, you know, capitalists to get in here and do what they do best. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, really, really just ruin the opportunity. I mean, to be honest, um, retrospectively, everybody should just, you know, stick with the, with the caregiver and the medical model. Um, It's, it's in every, in every operator's best interest, because what happens is, you know, the, the, Corporatocracy, the kleptocracy always wins at the end of the day. So, that's
1: right. that's what it is. yes, yes, yes. Well, Michigan, good luck, and Ohio, I wish you luck. Good too. luck, it's, Ohio. It's election day. There's a Ohio. number. There's a number. Oh, yes, of, Ohio. Yeah, there's a number of towns too voting on uh, voting in Michigan today too to allow uh, for cannabis within within their jurisdictions. So, good luck to all those jurisdictions. But coming up next, she's a plant patient a plant medicine advocate, founder of Purple Plant Magic, and she's also part of M4MM. And you can also find her on Wednesdays in Las Vegas as the Encyclopedia on Power 88 in Las Vegas, Nevada. That is right. It is none other than Purple Plant Magic herself, Miss Nicole Buffong. Thank you,
2: Jason, for that lovely introduction. Um, my story today is coming out of Maryland, a little bit further east than Michigan and Ohio. Um, a Maryland returning citizen created a cannabis tech startup. Colin Frazier founded Upling in 2021 to increase accessibility to legally available cannabis in the region. Growing up in a religious family, founder Colin Fraser wasn't introduced to cannabis as a medical tool. He grew up it, quote, I grew up in a Christian household where cannabis was considered the devil's lettuce. We've heard that before. Frazier told Technically, back then you did it as a recreational party drug and I really didn't know much about the healing purposes of the of that actual plant. It wasn't until later in life, after Frazier spent some time incarcerated, that he was inspired to do something to help people in prison and returning citizens. And through his mother dealing with stage four cancer, he learned how hard it can be for those who need mm-hmm. cannabis treatment the most to access them, in 2021, his motivation turned into Uplink, a Rockville, Maryland-based cannabis delivery app that just won the latest DC Startup Week pitch competition. While his mom was getting treated for cancer, Fraser said he realized the difficulty patients go through to find the time or energy to go to a dispensary. The same is true of the elderly and veterans who get a lot of anxiety standing in lines due to PTSD. Available for Android and iOS for residents of Maryland and D.C., Upling is the first Black-owned cannabis delivery app in Maryland. Partnering with dispensaries, users place an order through the app, a driver picks it up, and it's delivered to their home. Users have to show ID or a medical card when dr- downloading the app, ensuring that they can legally make the purchase. Upling also helps users apply for a medical card through the app if they need one. The company currently delivers recreational cannabis to users in D.C. as well as medical cannabis to applicable applicable patients in Maryland. In the app, dispensaries can upload prices, product menus, descriptions of products and strains, and sales, which users can see right on the platform. Consumers who can't pull things off of a shelf and read labels at a dispensary can therefore take their time and find the product that works for them. With Uplink, we have the description right there in front of you before you make your purchase so you're able to read it clean and clear so that you can make your purchase in accordance with the right decision for you, Frazier said. Uplink currently has 10 drivers, many of whom are returning citizens and created both a user app and a driver, similar to DoorDash or Lyft. The apps were built with Coordinator on the front end and React Native on the back end. Orders are only available through the app at the moment, but Fraser plans to launch an updated version later this year with a web ordering option. In the coming years, Fraser wants to get a million downloads of the Uplink app, as well as launch services and dispensary partnerships all up and down the East Coast. He also plans to do more work with senior living facilities, another group that has a hard time making it out to dispensaries, but mostly he hopes that Uplink can give something key back to consumers. We just drop it right to your doorstep. So you can finish p- playing call of duty. You can finish up your homework. you can finish watching that football game, Fraser said. We want to give time back to the consumer, to the patients. Um I thought that this story was great um, as we come into MJ bizcon, um, the biggest industry trade show uh, conference and expo of the year for our industry and understanding the ancillary and supply chain side of this business and making sure that people are aware um M 4 MM Shameless Pug has a program called M procure helps you get contract ready helps to make sure that you are ready to approach these businesses and licensed operators on how to utilize the supply chain how to become a part of the supply chain um and this is a little bit different because it is a licensed in maryland it is an actual license for delivery but it's still not technically touching plant. Um, and so I think that this is great that we're seeing more people having this type of opportunity, more people understanding um, the ancillary side or the supply chain side of the of the industry and understanding how they can fit in. Um, we've got new licenses coming to Nevada with consumption lounges. And some new services are going to pop up for these businesses, um, these new licensed businesses. And so I'm hoping that people really take a hard look at what, if you didn't get a license, a, a consumption license here in Nevada, what are the other opportunities? What new businesses are going to be coming up um, for Nevadans here um, very soon? So this is Nicole Bufong reporting for Height Night News. I'd love to hear what my correspondents think about this story.
3: It's pretty interesting. Is, is this like a... Um... It is sort of like a uh, ease. It sounds like so. it. Did it, it? Something
2: very similar. It's not, it's not nothing, you know, brand new um, mm-hmm. to the industry or the concept of, of the industry, a delivery app. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds like it's something very similar to ease. Yeah.
1: Do they call it DMVs?
2: <laughs> they call it Uplink. <laughs>
1: well, they should have they called it DMVs. They should have hired me to give them a name. <laughs>
2: Kind of like that, DoorDash,
4: uh, Dash yes, for weed. Exactly. Yeah,
2: Plant Dash. Plant Dash. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know, I th- yeah, great. I think it's great. I think it's. I think that um, more people that are coming, are newly free citizens, um, coming back to society, or you know, that what, have a what charge. What do they
1: mean by people. that? I'm confused by that. What do they mean by that?
2: He was incarcerated.
1: Oh, ah, okay, okay.
2: So Got newly it. returning
3: citizen. Got right? it. is that what that is that what, is that what we're calling uh, formerly incarcerated people these days? I, I, returning. It's citizens. News, news to returning me. Citizens. It's it's news
2: returning citizens. Returning citizens. Yeah, they still don't have the right to vote, but they are citizens. They, <laughs> they are on the
4: other side of the wall.
3: Yeah, they, 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 nice. they, they did. They did, it, they did it in Florida until uh, DeSantis took that right away from them.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: he's, I'm not okay. sure. I'm not sure if they don't have the right to vote. I mean, if they're if they're in Maryland, I don't think Maryland has ha, has that has that felon law in place.
2: Oh, I don't know. I know yeah. Florida did it in a in a vote a couple of years ago, but I'm not sure about Maryland. I'd have to look yeah, that up I, and see what they're doing in Maryland.
1: I, I would be surprised if Maryland did. I would be really surprised if Maryland did. Why? Because it's mostly a Democratic state. And that's not really a democratic well, I think
2: policy. Think they would have made the news by now if, if that had happened. Exactly. Um, and, you know, they bought Westmore as their governor now. I'm sure that that would have been something that he would have made exactly. um, headlines for exactly. doing.
1: Exactly. Exactly, Nicole. I so, so. so I think by default we can safely say that Maryland
3: doesn't It, have it says that. convicted felons can vote. Um, you are you do not in Maryland have the right to vote while incarcerated. That makes um, but sense. But if you have been convicted, if you have been convicted, yes, you have your uh you have your voting rights. Hey,
1: c- could you imagine if you're in jail and the only piece of mail that you get is your absentee uh ballot in the mail when you're in jail? Funny. Is that
3: how Trump is that how Trump's gonna vote? Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. He's gonna walk it he's gonna walk up in person
1: and vote for himself and win. <laughs>
2: Are, are, are they going to have to have so Secret Service in prison with him? How is that going to work?
3: Yeah. Oh, so that oh so man, that, that'll be anymore.
1: epic. He'll have his own little bodyguards in there. he will have a whole there, little crew.
3: Secret, secret CEOs.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's not dilute such a great story. Let's uh, let's just uh, wrap this up with, you know, if you're a cannab- if you're a federal cannabis prisoner and you're incarcerated for a low uh, level crime such as cannabis, you can apply. For compassionate release under Section thirty five eighty two, that's a new thing that just started. So, um, if you are a federal cannabis prisoner currently serving time, incarcerated for cannabis, um, you can look into that.
4: Um, if you know somebody that's incarcerated,
0: you know somebody that's incarcerated. If you you know have a family, a loved one um we have a form actually uh that we're putting out that's uh that's going to be like a questionnaire and, and you could add some information and there might be some uh some assistance for you there so you know we won't
3: we have a timeline on that Simon, so we can uh, make sure we get the timeline on it just it
0: just november 1st so we're just a week into this so it's brand um, new you know, and then now we'll, we'll link that we'll definitely put it on high news uh, high news yeah
1: we'll, we'll we'll make sure we'll make sure too we include that in our newsletter this weekend on Saturday
3: yes Please. indeed without it no, person.
4: thank but, you for that yes
1: but on that we got to keep it moving we're going to go to a commercial we're going to be right back i'm jason beck and this is smoky vanilla and if you want to feel as good as i look then you need to get yourself
4: a stretch and smoke with smoky vanilla that's right baby I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right, I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go.
1: Hey. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. YouTube appreciates it, and you will even appreciate it, and you'll be a better person for it. Also, too, make sure you hit subscribe if you have not subscribed to the channel already. And all of the articles that we cover today, you can read on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. And, of course, please make sure that you check out our live video featuring myself, Rico, Mandy Tingler, Lou Scarmazzo and Hirst Jane and Stone Slade, all at the West Hollywood Halloween first ever cannabis carnival with legal sales, legal consumption, and us doing a special New Year's Eve style commentary show of all the events. So make sure that you check it out. It's on our YouTube page. And with that, we're going to go to our next commercial.
0: How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
1: You with us, Rico?
3: oh yeah you know who it is he is a dope dad a 15-year industry vet and an award-winning solvent extraction pioneer currently focused on helping menopausal women say hello hi again oh come on razani what you got for us today my man oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get this shit started
4: a theme song. That's awesome.
0: I'm just I'm just I'm just, you know, messing with the new the new gear on the soundboard. Um thank you everybody for tuning in today. I'm coming live from the from the East Yay area, uh, Rio Vista, California. You know, represent, represent. Uh I wanted to share a, a story coming out of Denver, Colorado, my home state and hometown. And uh there's some disturbing news out there. We got some we got, some, we got some people wilding out there because their businesses aren't doing so well. And we see the knives coming up. This story from the Rooster magazine. According to leaked emails, Jad's Mile High Smoke shop complained, or I'm sorry, Mile High Smoke, rather, complained about weed lounges and events. Stacey Davis, whose husband is the owner of Jad's Mile High Smoke, emailed more than 20 various government officials complaining of multiple cannabis consumption events that happened in Denver in an attempt to shut them down and shut them out. Remember earlier this summer when your favorite venues for cannabis hospitality and private events like the Tetra Lounge and Ant Life all received warnings or tickets because they allowed consumption of cannabis on their properties? Originally, we thought the city of Denver was just busting balls. However, it's recently been brought to light via leaked screenshots, which, inclu- which, were, which we've included in this, and we're going to post it up on our story here, that the reason the companies all received these aforementioned ball-busting letters was because the wife of the owner of the only cannabis consumption bar in Colorado complained to various enforcement agencies. Indeed, it would appear that Stacey Davis, whose husband Joshua Davis owns Jad's Mile High Smoke Shop or Mile High Smoke, complained to various members of the marijuana enforcement division, the MED, Denver government, and even the mayor's office, and the chief of police in an attempt to extinguish what she refers to as continued illegal consumption of cannabis in Denver. I roll. But what would but we would offer but but what we would offer uh, to as Thursday night would exist. We've been saying it for years. We'll say it again. Capitalists are like thieves. There's no honor among them either. We received screenshots of the emails from Nicholas Barreto, the cannabis connoisseur 007, who explains who explained that the emails were sent to, to him anonymously. Before we get into the content of the emails though, you're going to need a little backstory. Long ago, during, during a golden yet forgotten age, circa 2021, the city of Denver allowed the consumption of cannabis in private venues. The idea was that if the venue was down, you could roll up to a place like Tetra and spark up while you watched whatever shenanigans were scheduled to take place then. Then, starting in 2022, the city of Denver said, never mind, get fucked, the <laughs> amendment. They amended their codes and regulations and rules to dictate that the business that the businesses had to get approved for a hospitality license through the MED before submitting an application to the city of Denver. Sound familiar? Back in the first grade, we called a move like this, take these And even and even in, and even in the, <laughs> the ill-remembered days of our youth, it was generally considered a dick move. As the city of Denver amended its rules to create a plethora of loopholes and hurdles for these various establishments, one establishment had the had the capital to navigate all of the bureaucratic bullshit and now refers to itself as the first cannabar in quotes in Denver. Did you guess that it was Jad's? Good job. Multiple venues across the Denver area continue to operate the way they had for a few years. After all, no harm, no foul, right? Well, not if you're the owner of JADS or, or as Davis puts in her email, the only legal retail hospitality venue in the state. We don't want to re- reference elementary school two times in the article, but does it sound like someone is, is bad at sharing with you? <clears throat> Davis outlined the plethora of events, alleging them as illegal and urging the city of Denver to shut them down before they happen. Some of these events included Turk Talks, the Pot girl summer tour, various sessions and events, and even yoga classes. Real action will be required, wrote Davis to the more than 20 recipients in her emails. Actual consequences need to be administered because right now every single licensed brand in the state thinks they have an unfettered access to give products away freely at unlicensed and illegal consumption events. While we're pretty positive that the cannabis overdose isn't even possible, we, th- we think we almost died from the overconsumption of Karen-esque energy found in these emails. Your eyes, ro- your eyes rolled into the back of your head, of our head at everything she said. Davis goes on to allege that various cannabis companies will, will be bringing illegal products to give away freely for consumption at this ticketed public, publicly available sesh event. These types of, event, of events go on daily under our nose and without tacit approval. This may be, un, this may be unrelated, but the last time we went to the liquor store where, where these guys at the front giving out samples of whiskey and IPAs, food for thought. Davis then finished her email with the thinly veiled threat to the Denver, male, Mike, Denver mayor, Mike Johnston, to get the media involved. Mr. Mayor, welcome to the team, wrote Davis. Perhaps everyone receiving information in one fell swoop will hasten activity. I'm happy to invite the news stations to the next chat we have. Stacy Davis's unfound attacks on the cannabis community as a whole, including event organizers, not only tarnish the legacy of cannabis pioneers, but also cast a shadow on the cherished, cherished community events like Stoner Cinema Pop-Up, Beretta told Brewster in an interview. We went on to condemn the micro sales that are becoming more and more prevalent in the Denver scene. When we say micro sales, we're referring to businesses or someone that acts as a middleman between the dispensary and the cannabis user and has the gall to, we don't even know, charge $30 for a half gram of concentrate. The proliferation of micro business sales or I'm sorry, micro cannabis sales is a concerning trend, especially when you peel back the layers to see it for what it truly is. A tactic a tactic to increase tax revenue to the expense of both consumer and small business says barretto stacy davis's actions only serve to exacerbate the issue by creating division and instability in our industry she's playing right into the hands of those who seek to capitalize on us determining uh undermining the ethos of the colorado cannabis community um this story it goes on a little longer but just to summarize in the end i mean this is this is just ridiculous, and this shows the complicity of you know licensing um, authorities in the st- in these states. How can they only justify giving one license? Why are they only allowing that to be to be a norm? You have to open this up. This isn't right, and you have somebody who's actually out there naming names who. You know, friends of mine, dear friends of mine have actually been named in in these uh, allegations as well, which is completely unfounded. Shout out Shishalifa, shout out Marijuana Mansion, shout out Tetra Lounge. All these guys out there are just doing it for the community. And let's be honest, we just need a place to go. How can you enforce something so ridiculous and pejorative as these cannabis rules on smoking and where to smoke when you have this discrepancy all throughout the country. Half these states are saying you can't smoke inside your house. Half of them say you can smoke where cigarettes are smoked. What's right and what's wrong? We don't know. But what's wrong is snitching. Quit snitching out there. Quit dry snitching on yourself. Quit snitching on your fellow business owners. It's ridiculous. Get a life. I don't know what to say. But I'm just a little,
4: get stitches.
0: I'm a little, little <laughs> saddened, but what do you all have to say about this? Please let me hear.
2: Shout out to um, Michael Diaz Rivera, one of our faithful listeners. He's got a delivery service out in in Denver, Colorado. So support better days delivery. I just think that, um, the snitching part is not cool at all. Um, I think that, um, that what does the law say in Denver? Do we know, do we know what it actually says about public consumption? Are you only allowed to smoke in your house?
0: So here's where it gets a little tricky, right? Because these are private events held in, you know, private settings that aren't open to the public. You have to be on an RSVP list. You have to have a ticket to the event. These are private events for all intents and purposes. You're not just saying, "Hey, anyone could come off the street and just smoke down in my venue." That's not what's happening, and that's what you know these claims are being made uh, to sound like, right? That it's just they're openly. Um, uh, you know, like consuming consuming cannabis, and people are allowing it. And what's happening is you have a business owner whose business is obviously hurting. Maybe adopt a different business model. Maybe have somebody pay somebody to come help you, kind of give a facelift to your business so you're not hurting as bad. But obviously, if they're taking these extreme measures to stop their competition, they're not the they're not the vibe. You know what I mean? So what what you know? It's like there's. there's there's you're just ready?
2: boycott them.
0: But boycott. the problem is the problem is the licensing requirements. For a lounge, for any type of restaurant or whatever where you're going to host people, you have to have, you have to meet these, you know, these uh you know exacerbated um you know you know conditions that are set upon these businesses to have a a, a lounge to smoke when the cigar lounges and whatever are able to do whatever they want, wherever they want. So it's I think there's more to it. But initially, all I got to say is I feel I feel I feel for the operators and we're standing behind those operators They're having to fight this kind of trash. Um, you know, just just, you know, just keep fighting the good fight. Hopefully there's a resolution. But I don't think the city of Denver is going to you know see past this. I think there's going to be more. Um, you know, there's gonna be more danger to these operators that are even hosting these private parties because now, you know, somebody, some, some giant Karen in Denver is is uh, kicking up dust,
4: and you know, people should be are- decided in divorce court, not criminal court, right? With, Man, the, the guy's just, wife he is he the complainant. The guy's wife is the one complaining who owns the place? Yeah. a place. Uh, Clearly, a a lover's quarrel. <laughs> and now, the whole industry has gotten involved. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I just, I wish yeah. the best for all those operators fighting this. And I really hope that, you know, the regulators open their eyes and they don't fall into this trap uh, and start to, you know, use un- unjust and unruly enforcement against these business operators.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big shout out to Brad Bogus. He said it's been a, a, a known rumor for months now, but nobody collected the paperwork until about three weeks ago, like on this. Like, this is, like, dude, like, this is, the game doesn't change, man. You got people openly snitching <laughs> on each other and just wow. contradicting, like, like their, their own interests. And they, they got to realize when you do stuff like this, like, yeah, you might win that one battle against somebody that you don't like locally. But that when that hammer drops, you will get mm-hmm. inflicted with wounds as well. You will be part of that collateral damage. And you're hurting the industry. You're hurting your own business interests in the long run that one little bullshit victory that you're getting off of this for whatever personal reasons, just remember that you take a half second step back and, and look at the big picture. You're hurting the community. You're, you're, you're hurting yourself and um, you're just making more of a reason for these politicians to go with corp uh, with, with, with corporate players uh, because they don't have to deal with a little bullshit, petty bullshit like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That.
1: Stop snitching you guys. It's not the, it's not the move. People need to get back to the code of, of, of cannabis and, It's just it's just not the thing to do. But at the same time, like the city of Denver, you need to get 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 this regulatory thing out from your behind, bro, because the reality of this is that if people want to host an event on their own private property and allow for the consumption of cannabis and whatnot, that should be their uh, the fact that they're a property owner that right to do that. And even if they lease the place, as long as the property owner is allowing it, then they should be able to do whatever they want to do on their property so long as they're not harming the general public, which they are not. But on that, we have to move real fast to Mr. Todd Dinkin. He's the voice from Las Vegas. He's also the founder of, that's right, that's right, Excuse me. The what, Smuggleverse. What is he the founder of? The, sorry, sorry. I was about to cough. He's the founder of the Smuggleverse, and as well, where you can get all of your digital cannabis, as well as the founder of DigiPath Labs, where you can get all of your digital cannabis tested, as well as your regular cannabis. That's right. It is Mr. Todd Dankin.
4: Uh, thank you, Mr. Beck i have an international story switzerland is set to make history with the establishment of the first legal adult use cannabis dispensaries in europe part of a groundbreaking pilot project this landmark initiative known as grasshouse projects is the result of a collaboration between germany based cannabis company sanity group and the swiss institute for addiction and health research after receiving approvals from the federal office of public health and the ethics committee northwest and central switzerland The study aims to delve deeper into the consequences of regulated cannabis availability, offering crucial insights that would influence potential cannabis regulations in Switzerland, possibly serve as a valuable case study for other European countries seeking to navigate the complex legal framework surrounding adult-use cannabis. Switzerland's Grasshouse Projects represent a groundbreaking pilot study that holds significant promise for the future of cannabis regulation. The country and possibly throughout Europe. This initiative is the first in Europe and has garnered substantial attention policymakers, researchers and the cannabis industry as a whole. The pilot study's major purpose is to get a thorough knowledge of the ramifications of regulated cannabis availability. Not the benefits, but the ramifications, right? Um, the study intends to shed light on the potential impact of adult-use cannabis in a controlled context, t- context by looking into the consumption patterns of up to 3,950 healthy adults residing in the canton Basel land shaft. To be eligible for the study, participants must pass a medical appropriate, uh, appropriateness exam and submit an initial online survey. Those successfully admitted will have the opportunity to legally purchase cannabis at a designated point of sale in the future, thanks to the participation card. It sets the Grasshouse projects apart from other Swiss initiatives. Its approach to distribution, unlike previous projects that dispense cannabis through pharmacies or clubs, pilot study will utilize stores as points of sale, starting with one in Asheville innovative approach not only streamlines consumer access, but also provides valuable insights into the retail aspect, regulated cannabis. Don't they just look at what's happening here in the United States? Subsequent opening of a store in Leastle uh, shortly signifies the expansion of the pioneering model cater to a broader audience. Study significance is underscored by the involvement of Sanity Group, a Germany-based cannabis company, as the only non-Swiss entity participating in the Swiss pilot projects. Its international collaboration brings diverse expertise to the endeavor, offering a rich perspective on cannabis regulation and its potential benefits. Grasshouse Projects Commence are poised to address fundamental questions about the responsible use of cannabis, paving the way for informed discussions, healthy policy, and potentially influencing the long-term regulatory framework in Switzerland and beyond. It not only focuses on cannabis consumption, but also prioritizes the quality and production of cannabis products. The commitment to product quality and transparency sets a strong foundation for the legal industry in the country. One notable aspect of the project is that all cannabis products will adhere to the quality standards specified by the pilot trials Controlled dispensing of non-medical cannabis. Switzerland's organic regulations, dedication to quality control ensures that consumers have access to safe and consistent cannabis products. So demonstrates the Swiss commitment to creating a regulated market it goes on and on and on to say how great it's going to be and that the study is going to change the way things are done in Switzerland and all throughout Europe. I think it's a good study uh, to do, right? But, uh, you don't really, really talk about exactly what they're looking for, and uh, it's kind of broad, right? When they can come over here and uh, just see what's happening in California and Nevada, and as messy as it is, it's working, right? Hi, I'm uh, I'm high at Todd. I'm Todd Denkin with <laughs> High at Nine News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Amazing.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Shout out, to,
3: yeah. shout, out to, shout out to Europe, I guess. Finland, bro. Yeah,
4: you know, is Switzerland Finland? is taking the bull by the ball. Switzerland. Finland. Yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. Not even the in the EU, but it's, uh, you know, it wants to have legal cannabis. The people want it. They want to regulate it. And uh, mm-hmm. they're going about it slowly and surely. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, well, there is. A... One of the top billionaire uh, money laundering places in the world. So, you know. Perfect. You can do that. They can get Everyone. cannabis right.
1: Thousandaires Everyone. and millionaires too, Rico.
3: Um, they they I am
0: aware of their uh, pilot program in Switzerland and um like a few areas in Switzerland cities are kind of like uh, like on, onboarding this, this program and they're gonna they're gonna see how it goes. But I don't know, Europe's an interesting market. I think that obviously um, they've had a lot more experience with cannabis over the years and commerce. And to see this proliferation, I'm eager to see what that looks like, but it's probably going to be slow going and, uh, very restricted into the hands of just a select few. So we'll see how that goes in the long run. Um, but Swiss cannabis, the Swiss cannabis, the the Alps are dry. So maybe, uh, maybe, you know, the, the weed will start falling and, uh, things
4: be a great addition to that hot chocolate.
1: Oh yes. I just, a can Swiss. I could just see it now. I can see it now.
2: I like their research yeah. approach. I think that's a good a good start for them. Um, to keep it research focused, study this plant. Let's get some. Let's get some facts in 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 order here.
1: But so is the better. research going to really going to be that good if they're getting Canadian weed, Nicole? <laughs> just we not. I, you
2: know? Just they're second. growing Swiss weed
3: okay you know yeah they they won't have to deal with uh social equity at least (laughs) oh (laughs) man thank
1: you all for joining us rico 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 let me let me let me just let let me read you this this is two sentences you you have to hear this you
3: you socialist equity because it's a socialist company (laughs) no 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 no. hold on hold
1: on I, i think if you remember a few months ago we covered a story about a farm that was seized in oklahoma and that the the government was trying to sell it for seven hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Do you remember this?
3: Oh yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah. Bought it.
1: Well, well. Guess what? Guess what, you guys. This is a nineteen acre farm, and it has just been dropped to a big fat discount. No one was interested in the farm at that price, but now the minimum bid for this farm has dropped to a hundred thousand dollars. You guys. No. Yo! Major price drop for this illicit
4: farm in Oklahoma. And you got that in your back pocket. Why don't you pick up a nice farm, man? Look at that. A
2: legacy market farm. It's not a legal market farm. Nope. This was seized. This
1: this is a 19-acre farm that was seized by the government for illegal grow operations in Oklahoma. But then you got to live in Oklahoma. The the price
3: of a brand new Mercedes-Benz. Johnson County Sheriff an entire farm
1: hold on you're gonna love this quote he said johnson county sheriff because he he said this he said let it be known throughout the county that if you use your farm to grow illegally we will seize it and we will sell it he said in that previous statement i just found that quote fantastic and i think he actually will sell it but i think he may even see one more price reduction before this but opening bids at a hundred thousand dollars to purchase 19 acres of illicit farmland in oklahoma and you, too, that's can be a trapper.
3: Yeah, I mean, that just sounds like bait to me. You, you too, I can be a trapper. That's expensive. That's a, I am not like touching K- that shit. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we are at the top of the hour, everybody. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of High at 9 News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout-out to the super fans, showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen. A live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Uh, To our vetted correspondents tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, cloud media partners, all our sponsors keeping the lights on, and usually our AV struggles to a minimum, I think we did a great job today. Um, and as always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason that we show up to read these headlines daily. Thank you. It has been Taco Bout It Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it is enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamee, the dopest dad on the street. And uh, taking us out today, you know who it is. This is Saman. Hello. Hi. Hello. Guys, hi. don't buy a don't buy acres of
0: land in Oklahoma for five thousand dollars an acre. Terrible idea. Just, just <laughs> smoke, smoke good weed from Jason Beck's private stash, and you'll be fine. So, dude,
3: would you, yo, with uh, with Joe with Joe Biden interest rates, we just need eight thousand down. <laughs> <For conventional> <laughs> <land>. <laughs> the conventional-
1: The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News. Its audience.